Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into Hoopsville on this Sunday the e evening, the 12th of December. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Uh, it is uh, a great night for basketball as we work towards the end of the 2019 side of the season already, believe it or not, as we are over a month into the year. I am your host, Dave McHugh, coming to you from the WBCA NABC studios, and we thank you for taking the time to join us and hope you'll enjoy the show, whether you're watching it uh, live on our show page, of course, that's always the easiest place to watch us, or on our D3 Hoopsville page, of course, there's also the opportunity to watch us um, well, where else do we watch uh, the show? You can watch it on our, our, our app, um, the OTT app. That's, you can watch, um, as a result, um, Roku, Apple Roku, um, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and Android TV. Those are the ways you can interact with us. We hope you'll take advantage of those. Uh, I know a lot of people who watch on the big screen. And, of course, you can watch us. Simulcast on YouTube and on um, Facebook. Those are your other ways of watching the show. Like I said, there's lots of ways to watch us. And we know there's several of you already tuned in, so thanks for taking the time. Uh, we have a lot to actually dive into. I'll freely admit we're flying a little blind only because, once again, um, a, a sporting event on a Sunday for me. This is three Sundays in a row? Let's see here. Yeah, three Sundays in a row, I had a sporting event. Um, with Thanksgiving Sunday, we were at uh, Navy, of course, for former Division Three head coach, Coach Pemper there, Navy's women's basketball team, calling a game there. We had the Division Three men's and women's soccer championships the next Sunday. That's when we moved the show to Monday. And then this Sunday, I was out at McDaniel for a game against Elmira. I think that might be the first time I've seen Elmira men's basketball in person. Um Crazy. I think it's Elmira's only game in December. They came all the way down to play. I hope they are headed back tonight, or at least partly way back tonight. There is a heck of a storm system coming in. I don't think it's going to dump a ton of snow, but it could make things icy and yucky around here. Anyway, got a chance to add them to my list. I have not checked my list of late to see how many teams I have seen now in person. I have to update it. Um. I'm looking forward to maybe ne by next show, I will have done that. We can give you an update. Uh, the, the D3 sports crew, we have this, this kind of thing where we keep track of how many teams we've seen in men's and women's basketball. Of course, I, uh, Pat does this too and Gordon, but I add football, I add lacrosse, I add soccer, um, and some other sports that I've covered uh, throughout my Division Three tenure. And I, we include stadiums. By the way, you have to see a game, stadiums, arenas, et cetera. Uh, you have to have seen a game a minimum of half of the game to count it. Um, and that counts for the arenas. For example, I've been to Calvin's uh, beautiful arena up there. I'm just not allowed to count it. I was in there. It was empty. Um, so that happened. Uh, games took place today, have already played. We'll go through that. A lot of games took place today. I was actually just, just a bit surprised. Um, for example, Augustana, Illinois Wesleyan played today. Uh, in men's basketball. Surprised me a bit that they were playing. Um, so we will we'll talk about those games a little bit. Interestingly enough, I, I believe, by the way, Illinois Wesleyan won. Hold on. I'm double-checking that because our good friend Bob Quillman um, was uh, paying attention to that game. Uh, Illinois Wesleyan 74 over Augustana 67 in overtime. He says, it doesn't get any guttier and grindier than this OT win by the Titans. Of course, remember, he's a Titans fan. Really proud of the way the guys played today. 
Um, went on to say Grant Wolf, 14.7 rebounds, three assists. Charlie Bear, 13 points, five rebounds. Keandre Shoemaker, nine points. Pete uh, Lambestis, nine points. Doug Whalen, nine points and seven rebounds. Of course, that's the uh, IWU point of view. Speaking of Augustana, on the show will be Gray Giovanni. He is one of several coaches who have uh, hit milestones or going to hit milestones this year. A lot of coaches, I should add. And speaking of which, I want to call up. I've got uh, an unofficial list that Gordon Mann put together. i got to keep track of. Um, and we'll go through this a little bit. But for example, well, we'll get through it in a minute. Um, but that's where we came up. So today's guests are literally milestone guests. So we're going to have Gray Giovanni. He's at 501 wins. And unfortunately, due to today, he's still at 501 wins. Uh, we will also have Dave Nyland on the show from Penn State Baron. He's at 501 wins. And Mary Beth Spurk, the head coach at Moravian, she'll be on the show. She's at 601. We'll talk to those three coaches about those milestone wins, what they mean to them, the program, et cetera. Of course, Gray Giovanni doing, uh, winning some of those games, uh, not at Augustana, but it's still a career milestone for him. We'll also talk to him about other things going on. Um, Mary Beth Spurk, for example, is now athletics director as well at Moravian. We'll talk to her about that split. There's a number of colleges, especially in Pennsylvania, right in kind of the same area. Albright, uh, Juniata, Moravian, Gwented Mercy. Uh, off the top of my head, those are quick four that have a split AD uh, coach. Most all of them, actually every one of them I mentioned is a basketball coach. Uh, Acadia, I'm sorry, am I right there, Acadia? Yes. Used to be that way. They just had their former head coach, who was AD, Lee, or stay on as AD, and now no longer basketball coach. They just made that change not too long ago. So we'll talk to her about those challenges in, in that. In, in Top 25, we'll also have Ryan Scott on later in the show. Uh, we are going to have a new Top 25 tomorrow. Um, a couple games that will certainly have some impact. For example, Swarthmore beat Johns Hopkins 67-62. That score might be a little bit closer. You remember, I think uh, Bob Quillman on Monday said he thought that game would be about an eight or nine point game. I mean, seven or eight, something like that. I think that was closer to the truth. Swarthmore at the end didn't play its best and Hopkins got back in it. I think Hopkins will be better. Listen, they're number 11. I think that's a little high. I don't have them 11. I have them, as I quickly grab my uh, my poll, I've got them 17. I think that's a fair spot in that 15 to 20 range for Hopkins. I think by the next time they play each other at Hopkins, that, that Blue Jays team is going to be a little bit more polished and Swarthmore is going to have a bit more of a fight. The Centennial in general has become interesting. We talked about that on Monday with Bob as well. Um, we're, I'm looking forward to seeing how this plays out in the in the in that in that conference. Um, great Giovanni must be already listening. He says, "Yep, tough one. Not uh, just not much room for error." Uh, looking forward to talking to him a little more in detail about that. So, really, if you go through the top 25 for the teams idle in the top 10, they were Emory, Middlebury, Marietta, and Randolph Macon. Again, we're going through finals, so some teams. I mean, Wittenberg played two games. Kind of surprising. Wittenberg also did not play a lot of games in November. Johns Hopkins is your first loss sitting in the 11 hole to the number one Swarthmore. Elmhurst lost to North Central yesterday, 76-74. That's the first loss for Elmhurst on the season. Then you have Babson and Whitworth were also idle. Nichols lost, played two games and lost to Hamilton and, and had to go to overtime against Gordon, 
We'll talk more to Ryan about this, but I think Nichols is going to be, we've mentioned Nichols before, but Nichols may come out of the top 25 now. I know they're seven and two, but I just, they lost to Hamilton 92-67. I just don't know how you keep them in there. Stevens Point lost to Bethel. We talked about that on Monday. Did we not? I feel like that one we knew. Oh, we, we talked about that on Thursday's show. I apologize. And then Rippin, 72 49. Uh, and then Colby and Guilford were idle. And Benedictine was idle. Springfield lost to Amherst. We mentioned that. Then beat Westfield State, uh, though they were down early to Westfield State. Augustana, we mentioned losing today in overtime. Uh, Augsburg, Christopher Newport, Eau Claire, Loris, Muhlenberg, and Mary Harden Baylor all lost as well on the men's side in the receiving votes category. On the women's side, St. Thomas lost a second game in the Mayak. They had gone years without losing a Mayak game, and they've now lost two. Losing to number 21, Augsburg, 69-65 in overtime. Trinity, Texas, lost to Texas, Dallas. I was watching Gordon uh, chatting with us in our, in our, we have a Slack system to, to chat amongst each other. He was watching that game and was, was commenting about it thought, and, and seems like it was a dandy of a game. Trinity, Texas, 3-2. and two, I don't think that tells you how good they are, but Texas-Dallas finally gets a win after having a tough, couple of tough losses themselves. Uh, they are now 3-3, three and three, believe it or not. Uh, U, uw Platteville lost to Luther, 61-57. Uh, surprise there. Luther has, like, what, two wins on the season, I think, this season? And they're both the top 25 teams? I'm going to double-check. I have that right. Uh, Luther's 3-5. and five. Uh, They've won three in a row after losing five in a row to start. So they lost to Hope, Augustana, Gustavus, Adolphus, Stout, and Lacrosse to start the season and have beaten Loris, Coe, and Platteville since. Talk about a roller coaster a ride for Amanda Bailey's team. Uh, fascinating how that works out. Um, and then Illinois Wesleyan lost to Augustana as well, 86-80. Um, so at least the Augustana-Illinois Wesleyan was a split today. Uh, Ohio Northern, Claremont Mud Scripps, Mary Washington, Albion, Wheaton, Guilford, and Emmanuel all lost in receiving votes category. Mary Washington losing to Mary Washington Lee, a little surprising, 65-59 there. I remember they beat Marymount in overtime. They lost to WNL in overtime there as well. So I'm, I'm a little surprised by that. Uh, Tim Calderwood, Sean, on the show. Hey, how you doing? Mark, our good friend Mark, always tunes in. We appreciate your time, Mark, as well. Uh, he's tuned into the show. Appreciate him for doing that. Um, so we'll talk milestones today. That'll be the big topic, uh, certainly du jour, about that. Uh, and then Ryan Scott will join us. Bob Quillman having the night off. Uh, we've leaned on him a little bit when Ryan wasn't available. But Thursday's show, we're, we may kind of let our hair down a little bit, though by that point I may have a haircut. Um, I want to try something maybe a little different. Depends if the guys are up for it. By the way, I apologize. On my desk. This desk gets used for other things, too. Um, anyway, Thursday show, we'll let our hair down. We'll still have guests on, but Bob's, maybe Ryan, too. I don't know. I haven't talked to Ryan. May join me throughout the show. We might just make it a little bit more casual. Um, maybe have some holiday drinks. Talk with you. Have you talk with us. And uh, we'll talk D3 basketball before the holiday break. At this point, that show will be the last one for two weeks. We may be on January 2nd. We may be sane and decide to wait till January 5th. And there's some things we got to figure out before we do that. Ira joining the show. Uh, Ira's New Jersey uh, City men's basketball team. Uh, not doing as well as we all thought they might be doing by this point in time. I'm sure uh, Ira would have thoughts on that. We will see them in Vegas. That's the other thing coming up, and we'll certainly talk about that on Thursday, is that we have the, uh, 
D3hoops.com Classic coming up. We'll get some information out on the website this week about that event, and uh, we'll eventually have links and such to things that you may be interested in, in seeing those games. Uh, those games, again, coming from Las Vegas at the South Point Arena. The women's side's loaded. We've got DeSales, Scranton, and Amherst out there, along with some other good women's teams. On the men's side, it's not. For the first time, we don't have a lot of top names. New Jersey City's going to be out there along with Ramapo. Ramapo, of course, out there all but one year in our tenure. Um, we will, let's see, I'm trying to think Muskegon's out there on the men's side. River Falls is going to be out there on the men's side. It's a smaller group on the men's side this year than the women's side. The women's is the larger group. That's also not the case. So a little bit of a different year. Uh, we'll have four broadcasters, Pat Gordon, myself, and Ira out there calling the games. We'll talk more about that on Thursday, too, ahead of things. So, again, if you want to interact with us or chat with us or have questions for us, you're more than welcome to do so. You can do um, the easiest way is to tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Brennan Casey's already done so. Uh, we'll get to Brennan's question here in a moment. You can also email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. I changed that at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, Luke Stilson, for pointing that out to me today. Uh, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. It should work. If not, email me at dave.mchugh at d3sports.com. You can also join us on Facebook. Where we're simulcasting the show successfully tonight. Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We're also simulcasting the show on YouTube. And if you happen to be on there, and there's a couple of you who are, you're welcome to use the chat room there to interact with us. Uh, Brendan Casey, who always has a question for us. He actually is starting with a non quick non-basketball question. Any thoughts, predictions for Friday's stag ball between North Central and Whitewater? Well, you give me a good segue. I appreciate it, Brendan. I'm not going to give you my thoughts tonight because my brain's a little scattered with everything I've been doing this weekend. Uh, I will do it on Thursday. Try and remind me to do that on Thursday, if you don't mind, Brendan. As that will be uh, Stag Bowl Eve, so it seems appropriate. I will once again not be at the Stag Bowl this year. You might remember we take the Thursday off of Stag Bowl week. Uh, this is the second year in a row after being to nine straight that I will not be there in Shenandoah, Texas, though I suspect I'm leaning towards, I've penciled it in, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be in Canton, Ohio for the uh, Stag Bowl uh, next season. And by the way, we should point out bids are out. I'm not going to give any secrets that I have learned in the last week or so out on bidding for Division Three championships, but I can tell you this much. Um, I'm pretty confident in telling you that we will not be back in Salem, Virginia for football or men's basketball. Um, I think that's just a decision on Salem's part that they've decided they've done their due course and it's time to not do those championships. This is the first year Salem's not hosting any championships at all in Division Three. Actually, I don't think they got any NCAA championships. I don't even think they have any D2 this year either. Very strange. That's the first time since the Stag Bowl arrived in Salem, Virginia. Um, so bidding process has started up. I don't remember. I, I think we find out next fall where the next cycle of championships are, though that feels a little early, but I, I, I could be wrong. Uh, I'll double check. I just know that the process is at least underway. I do know I've heard some interesting ideas for football, which I'm actually intrigued by. I think, uh, well, anyway, we'll leave it at that. I don't want to get too in the weeds on that. Men's basketball will be interesting now that Salem is, I, I think, more permanently out of the mix. I also think there's some changes coming there. We'll see if Fort Wayne is still interested in moving forward. And women's basketball certainly will be fascinating. I think soccer is going to be looking at some differences. I've heard some cool things with women's lacrosse, possibly. So the bid process has gotten a little bit more interesting over the years. I will congratulate uh, North Central for getting past Muhlenberg. I thought Muhlenberg would put up more of a game. Apparently, they didn't feel like guarding North Central's best wide receiver. What can I say? I think there was somebody recited the quote to me because I didn't hear it. 
that the broadcaster in that game said something about the fact that the four touchdowns caught by that receiver, it was the exact same route. What do they say? Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on... Or sh fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Well, what about four times? <laughs> By the way, the Whitewater-St. John's game was a dandy. And of course, in non-Division three, but I always consider them a bit of, the, of a, like a D3 family member, the Army-Navy game, football game, was outstanding on Saturday. Uh, I watched that with my son and, and wife. My daughter popped her head in every once in a while. Great game, but once again, CBS production, especially at the beginning. That's why I got into production, folks. It's stuff like that. What an open to that. Um, so thanks for mentioning that, um, Brennan. I'm not going to give my, you my prediction. Uh, I thought we would get a non-purple game for the first time since I think the late 90s. Um, that didn't happen. Whitewater ended up getting by St. John's. How about an all-red game that could have been North Central versus St. John's? But instead, it'll be North Central in their first ever championship game against um, Whitewater. I'll think about it a little bit, but I, at this point, I don't know how you don't go with North Central, but we'll talk about it down the road. Brennan, thanks for the question. So that's how you interact with us. We hope you take advantage of it, like I said, because uh, we enjoy chatting with you. It makes the show better. I am opening the email. I just kind of realized that is, has not been opened. I don't think we've gotten any emails as of yet, but we'll keep an eye on that as well. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Greg Giovanni will join us. We'll talk about win number 500. I'm sure we'll touch on the tough loss today. Illinois Wesley, but really talk about too about how we're always used to Augustana be in the mix, and they're still in the mix. Do not get me wrong, but how this year is just a little bit different. We'll also get an update on other things from him. Still ahead, Dave Nyland from Penn State Baron and Mary Beth Spurk from Arabian, and Ryan Scott will join us as well. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios. Back with more and Greg Giamani from Augustana when we come back. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbine. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. 
you can make a difference. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division III. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, here on this Sunday evening, December 15th, 2019. Our last Sunday show of the uh, 2019 side of things. Uh, just as a reminder, we will be uh, taking a break for the holidays after Thursday's show. That will allow us to, well, catch our breath. But no point in doing a show right before Christmas. Yes, there's a few games going on, but we don't need to add to the stress. And if you don't mind, I wouldn't mind hanging out with the family. Just a little bit. Also, originally, we were going to be traveling up to my parents' place in Maine. Um, that is not happening now, um, but uh, we'll be taking a break anyway, like we normally do. Got questions for us? Tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You can also join us on Instagram at D3Hoopsville and Hoopsville there as well, though we don't answer and, and chat with anybody on questions in the show there. There's only so many social media avenues we can follow. Uh, but we'll try and keep track of you elsewhere. We're also simulcasting successfully this week, this evening on Facebook and on YouTube. And of course, you can listen to the show or watch the show on our OTT app, thanks to our Blue Frame Technology Team One Sports location. You can go to our portal, teamonesports.com slash hoopsville. You can also find the Team One Sports app on Roku, TV, Roku Amazon TV, Android TV, and Apple TV. All right, so our story this week, or kind of our theme in this show, and we have a, a lot of themes mainly in our shows, especially in the first half of the year, is about milestones. We have a lot of coaches who are going to achieve milestones, uh, most likely this year, or at least come close to them this year. I've got a whole list I'll, we'll get to at some point. Um, so we chose three coaches who have hit those milestones. One of them we've talked to a lot on this show, and it's pretty amazing. To win 500, Greg Giovanni has done that at Augustana, though his total did not increase to 502 today as they had a tough loss, as we mentioned earlier, to Illinois Wesley in 
67. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline is the aforementioned Gray Giovanni. Coach, congratulations first on 500. I know it's a tough loss today, but thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks, Dave. Always a pleasure to connect with you. Absolutely. We love doing it. Um, you really, obviously, we talked about the tough loss uh, here today, and we'll talk about the, the, the immediate right now. Yeah, this is we have to remind ourselves to some degree. This is a, a bit of a different team than I think we that we've been used to from the Vikings. You had a long run there of some outstanding programs and and I guess every once in a while you're gonna have to take a step or a half step back and are we seeing that this year? Well, I think so. I think uh uh you know what we had done is just unprecedented in terms of uh, you know, winning five consecutive conference championships, that's never been done before in a CCIW to finish in the top five in the postseason poll five years in a row. That's never been done in the history of the uh, the polls. So, you know, what we've done is it's kind of like people, you know, the, the Sports Illustrated curse. The reason it's a curse is because usually you do something so extraordinary to get on there that you can't continue to replicate it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so we've had an incredible run, and, and we've got a good group this year. Uh, but, you know, you have four guys in, in positions they hadn't been in a year ago, so it's certainly a work in progress. We're not uh, the dominant, uh, you know, top five force that we have been uh, over the last half a decade. Sure. No, you have a good point there. The whole point is that you've all of a sudden appeared, um, and now everybody sees you, and, and now you've got a bigger target on your back. But as you said, you also can't keep going, and that is why that – quote-unquote curse lives i think i think you got a weirder curse apparently 74 67 is a very popular score this year 67 being another one you lost to oshkosh 74 67 you beat alma 74 67 you lost to illinois wesleyan 74 67 you beat calvin 72 67 and and wash U was almost the same at 73 70 a little bit of quirkiness in the numbers this year i know that has nothing to do with the results but kind of funny uh start to the year do you well i think uh, we've been in a lot of really close games and i think um that's probably going to be the case you know we just like i said we don't have the dominant you know team that can overwhelm you this year and so we don't have a great margin for error uh we've played two conference games and both of them have gone to overtime and uh i think (laughs) that our league has probably better balance than it's than it's had in a long time certainly you know nobody's going to do what we did last year and go 15 and one i don't think but uh uh, it's good balance, and, and uh, yeah, that's where those scores have been. Yeah, you, you point out. I, we'll talk a little about the conference in a second, um, but you, you point out you've had some close games. Actually, interesting question we got from our friend Brennan, uh, who listens to the show often, and it's something I was going to ask you. You are never, it seems, afraid to go out there and challenge yourself in the non-conference pro, um, play. <laughs> you've got the defending champs in Oshkosh out the gate. You have Calvin, who has traditionally been a power granted under a new head coach this year. And after a few years of maybe struggling, Whitewater's there, Wash U's there. You've got Stevens point actually in your next game, you're going to have lacrosse and that doesn't even yeah. count the conference, uh, you know, threat as it were. Listen, some people right. who would have the CCIW schedule gray would probably go, you know what? We don't need to go kill ourselves in non-conference play necessarily. We want our resume to stack up. You don't seem, af- you seem flipped on that. You seem unafraid. Well, you want to go out there and challenge I- yourself. I think that's been, you know, one of the reasons we've been so good in the postseason. And, and again, Dave, we, in the last five years, we've won more NCAA tournament games than any program in, in the nation right. at any level. Right. And I think that part of that is because we've been so well tested throughout the season and played teams from, you know, different geography, different styles, along with 
what is always a terrific conference slate. But it wouldn't surprise me this year if our uh, non-league, uh, you know, our, our overall schedule strength was, you know, right at the top uh, nationally. And and a little bit of that, you know, is is we want to play good teams, but the other problem is we can't get anybody to play us. Mm. You know, so you end up with just those top, you know, national power programs kind of in the same boat as us that people aren't, you know, anxious to play. And so uh, uh, it's, you know, it's served us very well through the years. You used an interesting word in there. I'm going to go back to the, my soccer coverage. The Iron and I were making a comment uh, about one of the programs there who always gets there, but then always seems to run into a problem with a team there who plays differently. And you go look yeah. at their schedule and you think to yourself, you know what, they're not seeing a lot of different styles of soccer in their schedule. It might behoove them to go to the Northeast or the Mid-Atlantic or somewhere else and see a different style. You made that comment. You're looking for different styles of the game. How important is it to play teams who are going to do things very differently than three quarters of your schedule? And how can you translate that in March? Yeah, I think it's uh, very advantageous to get the different look. You know, we play a couple teams from, from Michigan, obviously Wash U, uh, St. Louis, the Wisconsin State League teams. Um, and those are all different areas that we would have to go through to advance in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, we played the Greenville who had the unique uh, yes. uh, pressing and three point shooting. And we struggled with them in, yeah. in our opener because we hadn't seen that before. Right. Uh, so I, I do think it's a, you know, it's a great preparation for uh, being able to, to adjust into whatever comes your way uh, as you move through the tournament. In the old Hoopsville classic, I had coaches say, this is going to help me in March. But I always scratched my head a little bit. How does a November 15th game actually help if you make the NCAA tournament in March? Do the guys remember those games well enough to be able to you know, translate and, and be ready? Or is it just because you have it on video now and you can remind them? Well, I think, guys, you know, you can show video of, of, uh, of other teams, but when you see your players, when they see themselves, on video, they tend to be much more tuned in. And so mm. to have a, a record of them either having success or struggling against a particular system or style, I think it really benefits you. That makes some sense. Again, 501 wins, coach. Uh, again, not all at Augustana, but that is irrelevant. It's still 501 wins in your career. When you started coaching, I know 500 is probably not on your radar, but at what point did you think you were going to be in this long enough that numbers like 500 were going to be a possibility? Well, it's, it's not something that you really chart or track, or certainly I, I haven't. It's been uh, my SID uh, you know, a few years ago said, hey, you know, you're getting close to 300. And then you know, we had a couple of great years. Said, well, you know, you're going to get to 400. And all of a sudden I get a, a, a jersey from uh, – uh, Jeff Van Gundy, who's the president and the head coach of the Pistons, sends me a, a Detroit Pistons jersey with my name on the back and 400. Wow. You know, and, and, it, and it just really begins to sink in. And then, um, you know, you either got to coach for a long, long, long time or you got to have really good teams. We've been fortunate that we've gotten there pretty quickly with some, some awfully good teams. One of the real thrills uh, of, of that milestone was getting reconnected with so many former uh, players through the years, a lot of my Lamar guys called three of the great mentors that I worked for um, sent me congratulatory notes. And, and uh, it's just, it's really been uh, very, very humbling and, and uh, as well as very exciting. When you look at your career and obviously a vast majority of it being at Augustana, is there anything that stands out or is it too hard? 
to have anything stand out? Well, I, I'd say this, Dave, really, is the, the, barely the majority of my career has been at Augustana. I spent 18 years coaching True. Division One basketball uh, before this being my 21st year. So really about half of it uh, here at Augustana. Obviously, you know, we've won 17 conference titles, you know, between the regular seasons and the postseason, 16 or 17. And, and those are, are, are great. One of the things that's been a great thrill is we've taken, uh, I've, in my career, I've been on 10 international tours with teams. Wow. And, and those are always really exciting. Seven of them here at Augustana, including a couple of Southeast Asia and South America and Europe. And um, those have been real, I think, high water marks. If you ask our players, those are things that they very uh, vividly recall and, and consider highlights. Uh, you know, we've had fun here playing against the Gonzagas and the Iowas and the, you know, the Illinois. And, and that, that's been a, a, a kind of a peak experience. So more than anything, though, is at the end of the day, the relationships that have endured They've really been what made it so special. And when you're in one place long enough, as I have been here, you begin to get to, you know, go to players' weddings and, and meet wives and see their children and watch their careers unfold. And, and that has really been uh, the, the best of, of all of it. Um, we were talking to Glenn Robinson earlier this year who just decided to retire. He was 23, I think it was 23 or so, wins shy of 1,000. You got a thousand in you? You got a thousand wins in you? That's... Hey, I can unequivocally say no. <laughs> I had a feeling, but I had to ask. I mean, you're only halfway there. You got it, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I'm trying to, I'm, right now I'm trying to figure out how we can get to 502. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you there. Uh, 27 years, you're 421 and 145 now at, at Augustana. So 421 of the wins out of the 501. There in Rock Island, Lamar, you were you had the other eighty. Um, yeah. What's Rock Island meant to you as, as a as a not only a, a place where you get to work, but as a place that you have now lived for so long? Yeah. Well, you know, when I left uh, Lamar, we really had a good thing going. In fact, the team that I left behind uh, won the conference title, made it to the NCAA tournament, gave Duke a great uh, first round game in the ninety nine two thousand season. So. Um, those first 80 wins were tough and included some great wins. We beat LSU, Houston, Baylor, Mississippi, Ole Miss. I mean, we, we had some great wins uh, during that time. But the reason I came here is because I had three young boys. They were five, three, and one. And I envisioned being able to raise my family here in, in the Quad Cities. And that's happened. And so, you know, my, my family is really, uh, um, you know, grown up uh, right here in the Quad Cities. And I was close to my parents uh, so the grandkids could interact with their grandparents. All the things that really matter, you know, as, as life unfolds, uh, we've been able to do right here in the Quad Cities. My wife, Kelly, has become a, you know, she, she's president of the, the Rotary and, you know, super involved in the community. And all those things have really made it a great fit for us. Certainly seems it. Let's switch back gears, talk about now, your squad led by Pierre Warford, who's back uh, for his yep. final season, 15-plus points a game. You got Austin Eldridge. Uh, 13 points a game, Micah Martin. I think we know Micah's name, 12 points a game. Yep. Interesting enough, Micah has has not taken a three-pointer for anybody who's counting at home. <laughs> uh, not surprising. I'm sure you've got the lid on that rule. Uh, Jack McDonald also in there, triplet, Pauly, some other guys. But Warford back, you guys are kind of remaking with a little bit of the old and obviously a lot of the new. What's what's How's this team coming together and what's its potential? Well, I, I felt at the beginning of the year that we would be a team that uh, 
would be a work in progress uh, for for some time and and hopefully evolve and uh and I, I think that's happening not not as quickly as I would like uh, we had a number of injuries that really kept us off balance for uh the, the very early part of the season and and now you know we just are playing such a tough unforgiving schedule that there's not much room for error we don't we can't just give it to our all american point guard and, and turn him loose yeah. you know I had somebody make a great comment to me the other day we were really struggling handling the ball we had, we had a lot of turnovers in a couple of games and and they said, well, you know, you've had a, a, an all-American point guard for six straight years. <laughs> and that's true. We had Hunter Hill, yeah. you know, and then Nolan Ebel. And, and so those guys, as they overlap, we had six years of arguably the best point guard in the country. We don't have that today. That's true. And so I, I kind of have to keep reminding myself that uh, we, we're going to have to do a better job in a lot of little areas uh, to, to be competitive. So we're working on that. And uh, I think that will continue to be the case throughout the season. You mentioned you didn't think anybody's going to go 15 and one in the conference, which I agree with you with, but Wheaton's on top right now at three and one after their uh, championship weekend run from last year, though they lost you know, one of the, probably the best players in division three history. Harold's up there tied with Illinois Wesleyan and North central now at two and one Carthage, Elmhurst and Augustana, you guys one and one, and then Milliken and North park sitting in the back end at zero and three. How does this conference shake out? Do you think? Well, I, I think it's just, better balanced than it has been. I think a, a lot of years you've had a top and bottom half yeah. of the league. I think there's six or seven teams that could win it. Um, you know, Elmhurst is playing terrific basketball. Carthage has been, you know, that really is, is very, very talented. Um, Wheaton and Carroll compete so hard, so well coached. You know, everybody knew North Central, Wesleyan and Augie would, would have good groups, but uh, it's just a terrific uh uh, conference this year, I think again better balanced maybe than than I've seen uh, in, in a long time. Let's uh, have a little fun before we let you go. I remember you and I talked one time way back when I think probably when we gave you our favorite ten questions, and you talked <laughs> about that. We talked about the jacket removal, which seems to happen uh, at least uh, at some point in the game. Some, and we'll get to yeah. when it happens in a moment. I have another coach <laughs> near me. I uh, call games. It, uh, it it varies with him as well. But you said you yeah. start getting into a game with the with your home fans all across the way who wear their own jackets as to whether you're going to take it off or not, and you played a little game with them. Is that game continuing, and, and are you now <laughs> leaving the jacket on longer now that you've been in coaching longer? Uh, to, and I, I know I said this to you before, too. I wish I wasn't wired that way. I've tried to be uh, <laughs> you know, calm and composed and... Uh, uh, you know, I, I love the Brad uh, Stevens of the world. I, I so immensely respect. It. I'm just not wired that way, and so uh, I'm often a little more animated than I wish I was. But yeah, typically it's one home game. Our students will show up all in sport coats, and uh, that's that's always a fun one. They're 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 excited when I take it off because then they can be as demonstrative as well. So that's been fun. Uh, we would love to get an update too. I think it was about a year ago. You and I were talking about your battle, uh, with prostate cancer and what you're going to be going through mm-hmm. and, and revealing it to everybody publicly. And, and you told me then it was about making sure you made people aware of it. How's right. the fight gone? How's the awareness gone? Well, I, I appreciate you asking Dave. I had surgery March 19th, uh, I had the full prostatectomy removal and, uh, uh, went through three or four months of kind of rehabilitation. And since then I've had uh, three rounds of blood work to test the, uh, the PSA, the prostate uh, uh, specific antigen. And, and those numbers have been great. So in theory, I am cancer free. Uh, I think once you've had cancer, you always know that it's 
still kind of can lurk back there, and, yeah. and you know, you, you always are aware of it. But uh, I've, I've made a full recovery, and uh, and and a very good prognosis going forward. And it's amazing the number of guys I've talked to uh, that have encountered kind of the same challenge that I had. They they call it the reluctant brotherhood, and I think it's really true. You know, one in every nine males uh, are going to be dealing with prostate cancer sometime in their life. Uh, the thing that that I was so adamant about to try to get the message out was that it's it's uh, it's it's you can test for it, and and so it's easily diagnosed and it's treatable. You know, some cancers aren't easily diagnosed or treatable, and mm-hmm. and prostate cancer is so. Any male over 50 years old should be getting an annual checkup and and uh, and staying on top of that so that it doesn't become uh, uh, something that becomes a, a, a bigger than uh, than it should be. Well, I am glad the news is good and that things are going yeah. well for you. Congratulations on that, though. As you said, you never know. You got to keep it in the back of your mind, and I'm sure it bugs you sometimes. But I'm happy for the good news. Uh, well, it's always a, a a great it's a great perspective uh, changer for sure. Yeah. You know, I haven't gone through that last year, boy. You. You really count your blessings and, and uh, keep things in perspective. So uh, there's a silver lining in it as well. But, uh, again, sure appreciate you asking. Uh, absolutely. Anytime. Uh, anytime we have you on, you have, you have the floor for that anytime you want it. Uh, Coach, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for coming on. Sorry for today's tough loss, but I know you'll probably uh, be aiming to get back at the Titans, and mainly because I said that because Bob's listening. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Well, it's great to connect with you, Dave, and uh, enjoy your holidays and uh, keep uh, keep advocating for Division Three. And I said I spent about half my career here, and I can tell you the uh, uh, when people ask me, you know, about having coached at the highest level, you know, the Division One, I, I always respond with, I think I'm at the highest level right now. This is where things are done right. Uh, priorities are in order. Uh, great competition, great young men, and uh, and and your advocacy for the Division Three. Is uh, is always uh, appreciated for sure. Well, thank you, and bravo to that point. I agree with you entirely on it. Thanks so much. Take care of yourself. Have a great holiday, and we'll look forward to connecting with you in the near future. Thanks, Dave. Ray Giovanni joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Uh, either we're going to have to check the NCAA stats or check with Coach. According to the NCAA, he was at Augustana for 21 years and Lamar for six. One of those might be wrong, but we'll let him go. Great, uh, <laughs> Giovanni. Augustana team is six and three overall, one and one in um, conference play. I mean, we're early in the season, but Stevens Point coming up in a week's time. They'll play Stevens Point a week from today, and then they will play Lacrosse a week from then, and then they'll get into conference play again at Carthage on January fourth. Appreciate the coach coming on. Great news to hear from him. Yeah, you're probably wondering where I am. Apologize, folks. There I am. I dropped off onto the graphic there for a little bit as I uh, did some other things. Um, great, great news from Coach to hear that he is doing well. We're going to take a break. When we come back, talk to another 500-win coach. He's at 501 as well. Penn State Barons head coach Dave Nyland will join us to talk about getting to 501. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. More when we return. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. 
I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. For the love of the game, that's what it's all about, they say. But for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that. It's more about team and the schools and communities we represent. And for the many of us blessed with the strength to compete in sport at the college level, we understand that with what we were given comes a special obligation. An obligation to help those who have their own special needs and whose love for the game is no less intense. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. Since August of 2011, we and others from Division III campus communities have volunteered more than a quarter million hours, time away from the classroom and practice field, reaching across the country to coach and mentor Special Olympics athletes. And to learn that in giving, we receive so much more in return. Help us keep that dream alive. Be part of it. Get involved. You can make a difference. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. I used to never really talk, ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. back to Hoopsville, everybody, here on this Sunday evening, the 15th of December. Hope you're enjoying the show. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, really appreciate it. The podcast is pretty darn popular. You can listen to it via SoundCloud if you want. We're also on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, I should say. We're also on Google Play. We're on iHeartRadio. Let's see, what else? Tune in. I think I'm missing one that should be obvious. We're on five or six different outlets just to give you guys the opportunity to hear it wherever. Oh, Spotify. That's the big one I wanted to mention. Uh, to, to hear it wherever you want to hear it. I think we're even trying to get on some, some others like Pandora and whatever, whoever has podcasts. The idea being, the more you, the easier we make it for you to listen to the podcast, 
uh, the better it is for us. It is a very popular vein. I've looked at the numbers and uh, talked to some people, and they are pretty impressed with it. So those of you who tune in live or watch it on demand, we really appreciate you, but the podcasters out there, thanks so much as well. Uh, last block, we had uh, Gray Giovanni on the show, and, and he was talking about all his time in D1. Brendan, I think, finally decoded what Coach was talking about. He said he remembered what I wasn't talking about, and that was that Coach Gray Giovanni was an assistant for a number of years uh, in D1 as well before being head coach at Lamar. And, and right, I think Coach was talking about all of his coaching career. I was talking about just his head coaching career. His assistant coaching career does not go into the 501, but that is where it is, Brandon. I think you decoded it, and thank you so very much. By the way, not sure if he's still listening uh, or watching the show on Facebook, but Josh Leffler, a friend of mine, former uh, D3 basketball player himself, who's worked in D1 himself, uh, tuned in, tuning into the show. Josh, hope you're enjoying it. Uh, don't forget, you're on the Facebook uh, simulcast. We're also on um, YouTube simulcast, and hope you're uh, taking advantage of that if you get the opportunity. All right, uh, quickly, if you've got questions, tweet us at D3Hoopstore, hashtag Hoopsville. That's how Brennan's doing it. You can chat with us on the Facebook simulcast, the YouTube simulcast, or you can also email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. All right, we're continuing the Milestones conversation here. 500 wins is our first hour topic, just by chance. Another one who got to that list, and after this, we will go through the long list I have uh, from Gordon regarding everybody who's going to hit milestones this year. It's Penn State Barons head coach Dave Nyland, and let's be honest, we don't talk a lot about the AMCC teams to some degree. Um maybe partially my fault. The other being that usually it's the top one or two teams to get a lot of our attention year in, year out. And so if they're up there for a year, we may talk to them and then we may not talk to them for a number of years if they fall into the middle category. But Dave Nyland's done an amazing job to say the least uh, in his 26 years at Penn state Baron, 501 wins, 201 losses. In other words, wins 71% of the time. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it's the aforementioned Dave Nyland. And Coach, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. And congratulations on an incredible milestone. Well, thank you, Dave, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, if Again, you've been there, and kind of like we were talking with, with uh, uh, Gray Giovanni, you've now been there 26 years, all at Penn State Barron. You've got 501 wins. What does that mean to you? What does that mark mean to you? Well, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be the coach at Barron, at Penn State Barron. It's a great place to be. It's a terrific school and university. Uh, and a great AD in Brian Streeter. Um, you know, I was very fortunate to get the job at a young age. Mm -hmm. I was 26, 27 years old. And like Gray, I, I was a Division One assistant for four years, so I saw that end of it a little bit. And mm -hmm. I Division Three is a good place to be sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, just, just luck. Very fortunate to have great guys players and assistants and I, I just I just feel blessed uh, I've been very fortunate uh you you look great for 30 by the way um just <laughs> thought I'd mention that we all do <laughs> what don't, you don't feel it sometimes no geez I I can relate to that um what you you hint you talked about transitioning to d3 and maybe that was the right decision what was the draw to d3 and I'm going to ask that with the knowledge that, let's be honest, 26, 27, 30 years ago, maybe D3 wasn't what it is now. Yeah, I, I'm from Buffalo originally, so I grew up around, you know, I played at Division Two at LeMoyne, and that was very similar to Division Three because you were running into the Hamiltons of the world with Tom Murphy and Coach Dick Beer at Buff State and, and Coach Welsh at Potsdam and in Nazareth College, it was a really good basketball team yes. up in, on the throughway there. And so that was 
what I knew. I, I was a small college guy. I ended up at Canisius for four years, and I was with Coach Beeline, who was my college coach. He was a small college guy, and so you know, good basketball was at any level. And I and I of the four years at Division One as an assistant for Coach Marbeck and Coach Beeline, you see a lot. But Coach Beeline always talked about just hey, you never never know where you're going to end up. He goes, but coaching's coaching, and the sooner you can get yourself as a head coach, the better, because you got to find out if you can do it, and two, you're going to learn a lot more. And he was exactly right. So the level really didn't matter, and, and I just wanted to have a chance to have a program. And Barron was just about really kind of getting going. I got really lucky. You talk about the throughway. You're right. I mean, those. I mean, certainly good teams up there now, but those were the heyday, um, to say the mm-hmm. least. Off the throughway, you couldn't. You'd stumble into a good team just coming off an exit. Off of the yeah, the University of Rochester. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, was, coach near. I mean, there's some really, right. really good basketball. So that was what. That's what I knew. I didn't really know the level didn't really matter. Sure, it makes total sense. What has kept you at Barron? Well, it's a great institution. Penn State's a, a big place, but the Barron College is a unique place. It's a research, innovative place. You know, uh, tremendous STEM programs and uh, an incredible AD and Brian Streeter, a former head coach at Hobart. And uh, been been a Baron a long time, mm-hmm. almost twenty years. So, you know, anytime you work for a great guy, it's you don't you don't need really need to look to leave. <laughs> <laughs> fair, that's a fair point. Uh, again, five hundred and one wins all there at Baron. You guys have had your success over the years, and even in recent years, you're actually uh, in the midst of a heck of a run here. You've had twenty or more wins since the two thousand twelve two thousand thirteen season, and really, you've only had two non twenty win seasons. Going back to 2006, 2007, and maybe further back, you guys synonymously always get a lot of wins and are successful. That's got to make the recruiting just a wee bit easier. Well, we've we've had really, really good players. We're pretty much tucked in Western PA with our recruiting, so you kind of know where you need to go, and you know know the kids, and they know you. And and again, the the Penn State brand is a big, big thing, and and that helps with it. We're tucked away a little bit in Ohio, New York, and it's tough for us to get there with the out-of-state tuition, but we work hard at it. I've had some great assistant coaches. Obviously, when you have success, it's a whole thing, and then you got to have really good players, and we've been really lucky to have some great guys that, that enjoy playing with each other, and that, that's made it fun. Yeah, you're right up there in the corner outside of Erie. I assume when recruiting anybody who doesn't know the area, you don't mention the winter. <laughs> It's uh, so great up here. It's Miami of the North. Sure, sure. That's it. If Miami of the North is all white, blowing snow and 20 degrees below zero. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'd go. I'd enjoy the white. That'd be fun. Um, let's talk a little bit about where you are now. Season six mm-hmm. and three, four and one in conference. A loss to Allegheny, Pitt, Greensfield, Greensburg. Apologize. I always stumble over that. And Carnegie Mellon or Carnegie Mellon, depending on which version I want to say. Um, yeah. And he got Waynesburg ahead with, uh, and back into play with Franciscan, et cetera. AMCC is tough this year, Coach. You guys are a monster conference in terms of games and a double round robin. Doesn't allow a lot of games out of conference. What, five, I want to say? Uh, yeah. Out of conference yeah. games. There's a, lo- a hard lean on the conference this season. How tough is that making it at least, uh, what, a third of the way through? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be anybody's league. You know, I don't, last year, Lowell's. Terrific. They yeah. ran the table in the league, and that's hard to do, and they were great, great team. Probably should have been a tournament, but I think <clears> you understand the process. And, I agree with you, though. 
<laughs> you know, you know, I just, you know, I, we've been down to that side of it too, so I get it. You know, but it, it um, we were fortunate to get them in the conference room. We had a real good team too. We lost oh, so you're that's teams. right. You guys ruined their chances. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, you know that that's you know the league twenty league games is tough. Our league is always between eighteen and twenty league games, so it doesn't leave you a lot of room to go out and get other games or travel a ton. But um, you try to do that. But it, this year it's going to be hard. I think. Anybody can beat anybody from what I've seen so far. So I don't know if it'll be like it was the last few years. Is is there a is there a reason to have a conversation in the AMCC? Now I realize it may not stay at twenty um, mm-hmm. here for much longer, and, and I always hear rumors out of the AMCC, but that's what they always are sometimes rumors. But is it worth having a conversation and going? Listen, maybe divisions makes more sense here. Let's let's lower the amount of games. A LaRoche experience last year being left out despite such a, a tremendous season say, hey, we need to help ourselves get in a better position and allow ourselves maybe some extra out-of-conference games to bolster our resume. Yeah, I, I agree, Dave. It's just hard to someone, you know, from a pure basketball standpoint, it probably makes sense, but you're talking about other sports. Geographically, our league isn't like some other leagues. You know, right. we have a big spread. You know, you're talking five, six hours from Altoona up to Buffalo. Um, you know, we're in New York State, Western New York, down in the mountains of Pennsylvania, so the travel isn't easy, but you also got to figure out who can you go get to play. Yeah. And, we, we, you know, when I first started in the league, we only had 12 league games. So you could go out and play differently, and then sure. all of a sudden it became hard to get games <laughs> because all the other leagues expanded. You just can't go over and find an NCAC game or an, a SUNYAC game Those because they have 18 games, mm-hmm. and they have tournaments. So challenge that way, and I think you look at it, and then some of the teams in our league aren't located centrally, so for them it would have been fair because they were having a hard time getting home games. Right, so uh, at least you know with the league schedule, you're going to get a certain amount of home games and activity on your campus. So sometimes it's just a matter of you understand your circumstances, you understand what what it's going to take, and you're just going to have to live by those those situations. Right, and you, you just and you understand, you just yeah, exactly. You have to understand as a coach, it's not about one sport, right? But, oh, and sure. Also, you know, having stuff on your campus can you know. You know, not every team in our league is going to host tournaments. We used to host two. We don't host any anymore. It's just harder. Yeah. So those type of things come up. You just learn to deal with it and, and, and work amongst it. Talking with Dave Nyland here, the head coach of Penn State Barron, 6-3 and three on the season, 501 career wins. We'll dive back into the career a little bit in a bit. Uh, you're in the midst of now a two-week break, and you'll get Waynesburg in your last mm-hmm. non-conference game, and then you're right back into the fun, as they say, uh, with everything else. Um, you have a what's a, – what, you have a large roster, and it mm-hmm. seems like a semi-young roster. I see a lot of juniors, not mm-hmm. a lot of seniors. So it seems like, and, and I know you're playing for this year, so don't get me wrong, but it also feels like this can be a nice stepping stone to even better things maybe down the road. Yeah, hoping to evolve. We're just still, we have one player back from last year that's played a lot, Kenny Fukan, and he had played had a great year so far. And Kenny was yes, he has. a guy, in, you know, and, and Kenny was on a, some great teams and played a lot. The rest of the guys have been on the team, been in practice. It's played part minutes, but now it's their time, and it's been fun to see them grow. Uh, you, you know, we lost 6,000 points or something like that, close to that from last year, so you're replacing a lot of decision-making, a lot of offensive, defensive strategy that you just can't take for granted. You never sure. do, and, and so those those guys have been with us. Uh, we're not playing a lot of freshmen, but you're right, Dave. We'll hopefully get better, and maybe by the end of the year, we're we're okay, but, um, you know, it's just, that's part of coaching. It's fun of it, too, to see kids develop, and, and the guys have been great about it. So. 
Uh, Kenny, by the way, uh, 15 and a half points a game. He shoots 90 plus percent from the free throw line, 57% practically from the, from the uh, field, 37% from beyond the arc. He's a team high or co team high, 6.9 rebounds, team high, three and a half assists. Uh, he also has a steal plus per game. Is there anything he doesn't do for you guys? Well, right now he's got to do a lot, so he might have to do a little more. <laughs> no, he's been terrific, and uh, from and really since his freshman year, and so we're really counting on him. And then defensive end, he has to guard the other team's best player right sure. now. So asking a lot of him. I almost had a triple double last night, so he's he's been great. But we've also got uh, Dorian Connors, who's yeah. a, a, a senior that has uh, kind of come into his own, and, and Mitch King, junior, has played a little bit for us in the past. Derek Clark, and then. Had some guys who were hurt last year. PJ Gorley has been missed two seasons because of injuries that we always felt would be good. So some guys coming along, and then like I said, it's their time. That's part of being a college athlete in the front of it. You know, you've played twenty guys this season. Eighteen of them have played in more in three or more games, or I'm sorry, uh, seventeen of them in three or more games. I may have my numbers slightly off there, but you're willing to play the team. You're you're definitely looking to make sure see who who's playing well, who can contribute, and how it's going to work out for you. Yep, you just don't know when you lose that many guys. You got to figure out who can step in, and and uh, we had a lot of injuries early too. Which, so in our scrimmages, we couldn't get a look at everybody. Yeah, that makes some sense. Um, how much have you changed in sense of philosophy? I know a lot of coaches go, "Hey, you know, we run this system on offense, defense. We're primarily this, but we certainly dabble here." I see more changes, I think, on defense than I see on offense. Are you that kind of coach who does that? Are you the kind of coach on the polar opposite, or maybe somewhere in between, where? You're always evolving and changing with either the players you get or the things you learn while out in the in the world of coaches. Yeah, no, I think we've changed a lot. You have to because you know the players change, and you know for for a long time there we always had a really great big kid, and you know guys that were conference player of the year type guys and all region guys that were really good, and then we just kind of didn't get those guys anymore, and then we became a lot of three point shooting and kind of a similar base of what you do every year, but. You, you tweak it a ton, and you learn so much from your own players. I mean, that's one thing I know is you learn a lot more from your players, and they probably learn from me. And, and so that that kind of dictates how you're going to do things. But you have to keep changing because the game's changed. Shot clock, all yeah. spacing of the floor, all those things are really important, and you got to really work hard to make sure you're putting your guys in a chance to have success. How hard is it to come into Junker Center and play you guys? Well, I hope it's hard. I don't know. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's um. You know, you hope there's a little snow on the way up, right? But yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it, it's it's been a great atmosphere. And I said, Brian Streeter does a great job of creating an atmosphere of, of trying to make it fun. So uh, the university's been great about facilities. And, and, you know, having good players helps make it tough on other people. I've never asked this question of a Penn State coach, and it's always been interesting. Penn State is, I think, the only, and people can correct me, but certainly the only one I'm aware of, Penn State is the only system where technically everybody is the same logo and same um, um, name, you know, Penn State Nittany Lions. And by the way, I just realized on our graphic we have the Penn State Nittany lineup and not the ball. Uh, I apparently fixed that on one and didn't fix it on the other, so I apologize to everybody watching. But technically everyone's the same. Everyone has the same look. Everyone has the same mascot for all of those institutions. Is that is – that, a great thing or is that a, a cool thing because you're the same as the big boy or is well, it we're, a little we're bit different lion. We're right lion. i know we're everyone tries to make yet. a little bit of a different but everyone's still kind of the same yeah no that there's a certain logo and brand and signage that all the campuses have when you come to baron your degree is from penn state it's it, 
in any Penn State campus, you're, you know, there's 90,000 students, 50 of them are at University Park, and right. you know, we're about 5,000 at our place. But you're, you're, you know, we have a lot of majors on our campus that aren't offered at any other campus. Well, no, I realize that. I just mean, I, you know, I go to University of Maine system, and every school's got a different mascot and a different oh, feel. Okay. If I go to University of Massachusetts, it's a, you know what I mean? Go to the Maryland yeah. systems, you know, UMBC, Maryland, Salisbury, sure. Cross, they're all different is what I mean is you guys okay. are all the same. Is that yeah. uh, an advantage, or can that sometimes be a little confusing? Yeah, I never I never really gave it a lot of thought, but maybe I will. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, now after 501 and six, 26 years, sir, uh, there yeah. you go. I gave you a new one yeah. for you. Uh, well, like I said, I hadn't asked the question of anybody, so it's always one for me. It's easy when I'm putting graphics together. I don't have to overthink it. Um, but right. apparently I totally forgot to put the paw on the graphic we have on the show tonight. Um, so again, 26 years, 501. I, I had fun with gray with this one. I'll have fun with you. We talked to Glenn Robinson earlier this year, uh, about retiring about 23, some odd wins shy of a thousand. You got, you, you got a thousand on your radar. No way. <laughs> no, you know, uh, no, I, uh, I just like, I think Gray's, I heard him say, just want to get the next one. Right. That's, yeah. You know, I wasn't even thinking about what this might, you know, I told the other day when my AD said, Hey, you know, this is going to happen. And we're worried about playing for going state and, you know, just all that other stuff. And then all of a sudden you start to hear from your former players. And I think Gray mentioned that that's stuff that really counts. And if you can keep going, and you're blessed enough to coach long enough, you know, like Glenn did, you know, that's, that's great because it is such a great game and yeah. you're around good people all the time. And our level is a great level because you have the kids for four years. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Another great advantage of division three. You know, you got them around you hope for four years, coach. Thanks so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the way. We'll keep an eye on the Baron lions and, okay. uh, and how you do in the AMCC. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts well, you want to share to those tuned in? Yeah, no, thanks, Dave, for everything you guys do for D3 Hoops. You know, it's a great level, and, and you guys make it a really good experience, I think, for our student-athletes to have something that to give them some publicity. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It, it takes coaches like you to make sure we do a show. Otherwise, it's just me blabbing for two hours, and no one wants that. So, uh, thanks so much. Take care. Happy holidays, and we'll talk to you somewhere down the road. Thanks, Dave. Absolutely. Dave Nyland joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Again, the Hoopsville Hotline presented by Blue Frame Technology, who is also our streaming partners this year. We'll have more information on that later. We appreciate their help. Uh, Dave Nyland's Penn State Barons, uh, Baron Lions will be taken on, as we said, Waynesburg on uh, the 30th. That's after the holidays, uh, right before New Year's. And then January 4th, back into the AMCC play. Again, only non five nine conference games. I'll tell you now, I'm getting word the AMCC may be going through a, a little bit of change at, uh, in the next few years. Nothing major. Um, but keep an eye on that. They may they may be able to schedule a few more than five non conference games. Could you imagine La, LaRoche last year? Uh, just talk about tough. Uh, the Mayaks had to deal with it. The a ASC has to deal with it. We certainly know about it. But you heard the reasons why in the AMCC it makes sense to do it the way they're doing it. But again, they're kind of ebbing and flowing a little bit too. Uh, remember, they had a new team come in this year. They're ebbing and flowing and changing, and and we'll keep an eye on how that all changes over the years. When we come back, we'll switch gears, talk about a 600-game winner in women's basketball. And she's also one of the, I, I think she gives out more than she takes. We'll talk to Mary Beth Spurk from Moravian. She's doing a lot more than just coaching, and it's also a lot more than just administrative stuff that pays the bills, how she gives back, too. We've talked about it in the past. We'll talk more about it when we come back. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC Studios. More Hoops when we get back. 
back from this. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no look pass and cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success and prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. I used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Division three allows you to give yourself to other things. Having that free time allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue. Division three athletics affords students the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport. It allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. How wouldn't change it for the world. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III.
Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm Carol LaHaye, basketball coach at Randolph-Macon College and a member of the Women's Basketball Coaches Association. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, back to Dave. Well, thanks to Coach there at uh, Coach LaHaye at Randolph-Macon. Always appreciate it. WBCA puts those little snippets together for us, using a few from last year, too. Um, some of those women's coaches out there send them our way, and we really appreciate it. Or they send it to the WBCA, then they send them our way. Always appreciate our relationship with the WBCA. And, of course, the um, NABC as well. And we hope to broaden those uh, down the road as well. Uh, as uh, It's fun to – it's not fun, but it's just good to be able to interact with so many of these uh, coaching associations and others who uh, want to help us do the best job that we can. If you have questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. The show is successfully streaming. No number of our friends on there. We're also streaming our simulcast on YouTube. And, of course, we're OTT. You can watch our show through the Team One Sports app, whether it's on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, or Android TV. Lots of ways to see my big mug on your big screen. And uh, I usually now try and shave for every show because I've noticed that that is rather revealable, even a day's worth not shaving. All right, so we talked to a couple 500-win coaches in the last block. They're pretty impressive, to say the least. How about winning 600 games? Well, there's somebody we know pretty darn well uh, who has won 600 games. Interestingly enough, all of our coaches are at their number plus one. 601 is for Mary Beth Spark. Spark, geez, whatever. I'll make up some names as we go along here. Um, at Moravian. She's a Dickinson grad, and those 601 wins have come in 33 seasons, like Dave Nyland, all at Moravian. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline, it is the aforementioned Mary Beth Spurk, or Spark, depending on how you want to call her. Coach, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, I've been called a lot worse, but so Spark <laughs> is, is fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite sure you've heard it all. Um, yeah, yeah. So if we heard it from an official, that would be newsworthy. Um, mm-hmm. Eight and three on the or six and three on the season. Oh, and one. We'll get into that a little bit. But first and foremost, congratulations! Six hundred and one career wins. That's that's nothing to shake a stick at, especially in thirty three seasons. That's averaging nearly what twenty. That's eighteen wins plus. That's almost twenty wins a season. That's pretty solid. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's kind of uh, hard to believe, but you know, again, uh, like other coaches that have won this many games, uh, and I said it to to my players after after the uh, six hundredth. You know, I didn't make for one point, so I've been really blessed to have some some really good players, uh, past and and current, and and a lot of good assistant coaches as well. So um, it, I've been very fortunate. Well. To be fortunate, not only to, to have that many wins and that long a career, but you've all been at Moravian. What was your draw to the Greyhounds oh so many years ago? <laughs> well, I, I'm from uh, Bethlehem. I grew up in uh, you know Bethlehem, and, yeah. and when I went away to uh, college, I came back, and I was uh, looking for a job. Uh, I ended up working with uh, with a socially, uh, socially and emotionally disturbed uh, kids for a little bit and I saw an ad for a coaching, you know, position at Moravian and it turned out, um, you know, I got the position. I was the assistant basketball and softball coach right out of college and uh, I really liked it. But, but again, I, I didn't have aspirations to, um, you know, to get in the 
profession. I, I actually went to Dickinson to be a lawyer, so I thought I was going going to go back to law school eventually. But uh, you know, ended up uh, fortunate. The head coach at the time left to, to coach at Lehigh, mm-hmm. and the Lehigh the Lehigh coach at the time was Muffet McGraw, and mm-hmm. she got the job at Notre Dame. So uh, <laughs> uh, I yeah, it's, uh, things worked it's pretty, out. Yes, it, it worked out. She's pretty successful at, yes. at Notre Dame, and, and I uh, got lucky at, at Moravian as well. So, uh, yeah, it's funny how things work out. That's why, you know, coaching, uh, talking to, to, you know, young people that don't know what they want to do or maybe they're majoring in something and they say, Coach, I'm not sure if I, you know, I, I this is my passion. I, I said, you know, uh, you, you just never know. Keep your eyes and ears open because, uh, something something's going to happen and, and change the course. And, and you know, uh, if you said I would be coach, uh, head basketball coach for 33 years back when I was, you know, mm. 20, 20 something, I, I would have said I thought you were crazy. But, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, it, I've been really fortunate. Yeah, that's that's the that's the truth. Um, you, you said a couple of things. I think I heard you correctly that kind of make me chuckle a little bit. Uh, you were thinking about working with with uh, just socially disturbed or, or challenged right. children uh, and yeah. you went to Dickinson to be a lawyer and you ended right. up being finding Moravian to be a coach. So who's the socially disturbed ones in all of that? Cause lawyering can be challenging in that world. And you were looking for socially disturbed and decided to be a coach of youth. That doesn't speak well of Moravian. Does it not? Well, um, no, what, what I was doing was I, I was helping, helping young people. Uh-huh, so I uh-huh. think that's, that's ultimately what it, what I'm doing. I'm helping young people, uh, not only on the basketball court, but but also in life. And and I think you know that's the the, the pure joy of Division Three is is that's what we're doing. We're dealing with a lot of young people that um, you know they're not getting paid to play. They love the game as much as any D1 player or D2 or NAIA or anybody else that that is getting uh you know getting some money to play and. Um, you know, they're also really good people and, and students uh, as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I don't know about the disturbed part, but I, <laughs> I, I, I think uh, I, I think I generally and will say I'm helping people, helping young people. You are <laughs> helping young people. And we'll talk a little bit later about how you're helping a lot more than just young people. By the way, uh, Lori, uh, the Greaves, I believe is how you say the last name. Uh, first time I've, agree, s- yeah. I've seen someone <laughs> use the goat uh, icon. <laughs> Uh, or emoticon on a uh, on a hoopsville tweet, but immediately oh, said wow. yes, goat uh, regarding you. <laughs> to some degree, coach, there there's some truth to that. Uh, again, longevity certainly, but when it comes to Pennsylvania women's basketball, there's not a lot of coaches I think you can you can point to without having to at least at some point bring up your name. And you you have done for Moravian what you mentioned at Notre Dame, and we can certainly talk at UConn and some other you know, big time schools. Uh, but you can also talk about Faye at, at Wash U and others. You, you, mm-hmm. have, you have put Moravian, helped put Moravian on the map and continue to help remind people where Moravian is. It, you've had an incredible career. Thank you. You know, it's, it's been, uh, you know, like I said, it's been fun and really rewarding. And, and the, the, the exciting part about it is, you know, when we, we go out and play and it doesn't matter who we play, if we, we got, you know, Scranton obviously is is uh, you know the team to beat these days in our conference, and they've they've been so terrific over the last couple of years. Yeah. But um, no matter if we're playing Scranton or or you know uh, 
somebody is not as successful. You know, everybody gives us their best best shot, mm-hmm. and and that's what you know. That's what I t- try to tell my players that you you really got to feel fortunate to uh, to kind of have a target on your back because yeah. it's every, every game is a big game. It's exciting because when when teams if if they beat us, you know they. They they jump around like you know they they won uh, you know national championship or, or something and and so I think that's a it's a credit to our program that uh, teams want to give us their best effort and and for that reason we have to give our best effort every every game so um, it's been uh, it's been exciting you know when I, I feel you know that it, the years have gone by quickly you know I can remember you know. It felt like just yesterday, you know, we were playing in in, in the national championship. But you know, it's it, it's like I said, it's been um, it's been a, a great ride. You've had one one season where you didn't win double digits. I don't want to <laughs> know what it was like in nineteen ninety nine and two thousand. Maybe you were all scared of the uh, two thousand glitch that was coming. <laughs> uh, but you were four and twenty that year. But. You 16, 20 win seasons out of the 32, so half of them you will at least win 20 games. Yeah. How, how do you get to be so consistent when recruiting, I know, is, is never consistent? Well, yeah, recruiting at, at our level is, is, is difficult, and, and it's become a lot more difficult as the years have passed. Um, I, I think what it is, again, the same re- – the same scenario I said about teams want to play their best against us. I think anybody that comes into our program doesn't want to be that team that loses. And and so I I think, you know, myself and my coaching staff, we get the most out of our players. They they give it their effort. You know, I my three three words, uh, and if any of my players are listening, it's, it's energy. You control your, your energy, your effort, and your attitude. And I – you know, I, I like to say that's what we bring every day. We're going to bring a lot of energy, effort, and, and good attitude. And, that, and so I, I think when, when players put on the uniform, the Moravian uniform, they know the standard. We, we want to play to higher standard, you know, than others. It's certainly amazing. I'm curious, when Scranton has had the last few coaching changes, is there a thought in the back of your head, oh, finally, maybe we can get them. <laughs> and then you see the hire and go, well, maybe <laughs> Well, you know, they're, they're solid. They're, oh, yeah. uh, you know, all their, the, the, you know, from Mike Strong, you know, that started that program and, and, uh, you know, Trevor's a good friend of mine and uh, they're just solid. And, and I think, you know, they're very similar uh, and probably even maybe a little more. So they, they produce and, and those kids, when they put on that Scranton uniform, they, they know what, what they, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what they have and, and they don't want to be, uh, you know, the team that doesn't, doesn't win the conference. So, right. uh, they're tough. And, and, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Dave Martin, the AD has, has done a great job hiring and, and, uh, you know, they'll continue to be tough. Speaking of ADs, you have <laughs> recently added a title to your name. It's not interim. I noticed, I noticed it is flat out athletic director. <laughs> uh, as I said, at the beginning of the show, there's a number of schools kind of in your area and I'm being right. a little generic, but North Southeast, I, uh-huh. I mean, corner of Pennsylvania, Juniata and the furthest west I can think of. You have Albright, yourself, Gwyneth Mercy, now with coaches. Uh, yeah. DeSales. DeSales, thank you. How yeah. did I forget DeSales at the beginning of the darn <laughs> show? Of course, DeSales, uh, who have uh, ADs who are also coaches, and interestingly enough, they're basketball coaches as well. Maybe uh-huh. that's why I know them so well. Uh-huh. How, 
I ask this all the time, so I'm, I know the kind of answer I'm going to get, but how difficult it is for, to balance the two, especially when a, well, a good, what, half of the academic year you're tied up with right. basketball? Um, it's definitely a, a challenge, and it, it you, you have to really uh, learn how to budget your time. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I really uh, leaned on a lot of those people that you just mentioned. I've, I've talked to all of them, in fact, and, and uh, I, we recently just played Gwen and Mercy, and, and I talked to uh, Keith you know, Mondello about mm-hmm. it. And, and it, but that's nice because you get to talk to somebody who's in doing exactly what you're doing. And, and like you said, we're all basketball coaches, so it makes it uh, uh, nice to, to kind of commiserate uh, with, with somebody that's in your position. But uh, uh, it, it, it's a challenge. I have a good staff, I, I mean, and that's what you have to have. You have to have a good staff around you, and I have great coaches, and uh, my associate athletic director and assistant athletic director are, are two great people, and Renee and Hellard and Rebecca May, and, and, and my, you know, the coaching staff at Moravian, uh, we have a lot of, a lot of good coaches, and uh, I have a lot of good coaches around, surrounding me, and, and that makes it a lot easier, too. So um, it's definitely, uh, it could get he- hectic, for sure, but, uh, you know, you, you try to manage it as, as best you can, and, and hopefully uh, that's what I'm doing, and, and uh, uh, you know, I, I like it. I actually do. I, I love being, uh, you know, talking to the younger coaches and helping some of the younger coaches out and, and hopefully solving some problems for, um, you know, some of them and, and uh, just being involved with all the student-athletes. That It kind of puts it in perspective a little bit. Sometimes as coaches, you're really – focused on just your players and you forget there's other teams out there. Um, so this forces me to acknowledge the other, other sports and, and uh, you know, you know, recognize some of their accomplishments as well. Do you take caution of those where it has not worked out? I can think of Guilford uh, where uh, coach Palumbo was both an AD mm-hmm. and coach and, and things got a little crazy at the end. He's no longer the AD and he's just the coach or Arcadia where they finally decided, you know what, this, we, we'd rather split right. this now, and now uh, it is split. Do you take caution of those um, experience, not experiences, but uh, right. lessons, I guess, is not the right word no. either? No, you know, honestly, Dave, I, I don't think about that. I, I'm, okay. not, I'm not, I don't think about uh, not being successful. You sure. Know, that's just not in my DNA. So, uh, you know, at least not right now, unless, you know, unless somebody... You know something I don't know. No, but, no, um, <laughs> I don't. I'm not that smart. <laughs> no, uh, no. Honestly, I don't. Uh, I don't think about it. I, I uh, you know, get up each day and give a hundred percent, and and uh, hopefully, you know, it, it things are are going in the right direction. Um, what were did you ever think about not taking the job? In, in other words, was this something you thought about doing before it was offered? Um. Oh, I, I served as a senior women's administrator and I was the associate AD. So yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know that it's something that oh I, I aspire to be. I, I think it's very similar to what, you know, I talked earlier about in as a coach. It you know, I I never had, oh gosh, I, I wanna be the head coach and I wanna win X number of games and I hope I do this or that. Um I think it just kind of fell naturally in place for me and, and um you know, one of the things that, that I, I know that I wanted was I wanted to continue to coach. Sure. So um, that was that was part of the kind of, uh, you know, uh, priority in, in, in considering the job. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I think, I, I don't think I ever 
you know, aspired to be it, but I, I you know, thought I could probably, I, I could possibly do a good job with it. Sure. Um, we should also point out heavily involved in the WBCA, um, which we've always enjoyed too. That's why we've had you on mm-hmm. a number of times besides the success that the Greyhounds have had under your tutelage, but heavily involved in the WBCA, you're heavily involved in the Hey Yao Foundation. Um, something that blows my mind is 10 straight years. Thank you to your update in the off air of, mm-hmm. of being the top fundraiser. Personally, I thought in all of the NCAA, you were right to uh, check me uh, and remind me it was just in Division Three. But still, 10 straight years of being the top fundraiser for the K. Yao Foundation, obviously in the cancer fight in Division Three, mm-hmm. You give back so much to the sport, the community, and everything else. Where do you have time for yourself? Well, you know, I, I think, again, that's part of being an educator and, and a teacher and a coach. Um, you know, that's what I'm trying to teach my, my student athletes. And, and, you know, even I'll, I'll go as far as my nieces and nephews and great nieces and nephews. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think that, you know, I have been, I have been blessed and, and fortunate. And, and so, you know, the WBCA, it's, it's just, they've given me so much as, as from a coaching perspective and being able to just be part of the profession. So that's a no brainer, you know, but the, the KL fund, you know, I just really got connected uh, with them uh, on a uh, kind of personal uh, note. Uh, my sister-in-law passed away about probably about 10, 15 years ago. So, um, you know, I, I just, it was a cause that I really am passionate about. And, and you know, I said it to you earlier off the air, um, the Moravian community has just embraced it. And, and uh, my uh, teams have embraced uh, raising money and, and we, we really, the, the week of, uh, you know, Pink at Moravian, uh, the administration, the faculty staff, the student body, um, it's unreal uh, when everybody, you know, when's, the, when's Pink Week and, and you know, when's the, the fundraiser. So uh, I've been blessed. We've also have, uh, we go out to New Jersey and, and uh, Springfield, New Jersey is involved. We've done a clinic there every year for the past 10 years and, and they help in, the, in our fundraising efforts as well. So as well so it's been it's been really a really really neat thing to see everybody kind of get behind it so um you know it started out with me kind of having a passion and now it's it kind of like a tradition uh with the moravian community uh you do have time to coach we should point out uh and the <laughs> yeah. team is six and three this season you're led by Manny capuano the senior and nadine ewald also a senior in the in the double figures Ewald at 17 and a half points a game. Capuano at 18 and a half. By the way, Ewald double, double average yeah. at 13 and a half rebounds on top of that. Uh, shoots 51% from the floor, though I'm sure you'd love to see the uh, free throw mark change. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. She shoots the same number from the free throw mark. Um, yeah, Carly Brogan, uh, 10.6 points a game. Uh, uh, that's your other double digit, and you have three of them. Mm-hmm. Brogan, also a senior. Senior leadership, not surprising from the Greyhounds. How does this team line up this year? Well, you know, those three, uh, are, are just, they've been tremendous uh, uh, for our program. And, uh, you know, when you have seniors, that's what you want. You want them to, you know, step up and, and be leaders on the court and off the court. And, and they've certainly done their job. Nadine just got a 1,000 point and, uh, on Saturday and, and uh, 750 rebounds. So, you know, she's had a great career. Uh, Maddie Capuana, you know, is closing in on 1,500 points for her career. And, 
and Corley's going to hopefully get a thousand as well. So they've been great leaders. Uh, we, you know, with those three, we're we're a little young after that. You know, I I uh, I start I'm starting a freshman point guard and and a sophomore uh, forward and. And coming in off the bench are a lot of young people. The other day, I, you know, I had four freshmen out at, at one point with uh, one of the seniors. So um, I, I like I like the chemistry. We're still, you know, we're still getting it, but um, we we've uh, we've been playing pretty well. You know, our our three losses are to some pretty good teams. I don't think mm-hmm. Smith has a loss yet. Um, the sales is is as as good as they've always been. Um, you know, we were winning the whole game and lost a tough one at the end. And, uh, you know, we just lost a tough one against Elizabethtown a, a week or so ago. Uh, Nadine was out that game. So, you know, we're hoping to get him back at, at home, you know, second time around in conference play. But I'll tell you what, Dave, our conference is tough. It's, yeah, it is. You know, Granton's good. Uh, Etown's, you know, obviously good. Susquehanna is much better. Uh, Juniata's tough. Catholic's very good. Goucher's getting better. You know, Drew is really good. I mean, it, you just keep on going. Yeah. And so there's there's no... It's it's a it's going to be a great uh it's going to be a great year you know the, it's going to be interesting to see who can uh, survive you know the uh, the home and away tilt uh, yeah the so, gauntlet uh, you're yeah. kind to mention Goucher though no Andrea's doing a tremendous job there oh, yeah. for that program I, I love Andrea I love Andrea and you're I, not going to love her when she finally figures things out oh she's figured it she's figured it out but that, that's <laughs> hey this is all part of it I mean I love you know young female that's just yeah. really uh really doing a great job. It's the same thing. We just played Immaculata and Christy uh, down there and Immaculata really yeah. doing a nice job. So, uh, I'm, you know, I'm excited for those guys. Um, Coach, I, I'd leave you with one suggestion as AD is something you need to change. Um, I decided to do my due diligence and I wanted to check into the Moravian College Hall of Fame and I wanted to check the eligibility process and I noticed a problem with the eligibility process considering that you are not in <laughs> the Moravian College Hall of Fame, and if your wonderful SID is listening, I think he should help you out with this. <laughs> Members of the athletic staff may be considered only after completing their employment at the college. I don't, I don't believe we need to wait for you. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, but come on, I'm not a rule breaker. I'll so. listen to you. <laughs> Stop it. No, that's why your uh, SID should help and help change the rule for uh, you. Delegate. Uh, Delegate. No, no, no. <laughs> It, it, it'll, it'll happen if it, it's meant to happen. Uh, one last fun question. Uh, if no one knows where Bethlehem is, it's east of Allentown. Are you, have you met, are you good friends with Billy Joel by chance? <laughs> no? No. Maybe no, not. I've seen him in concert, though. He's great, great in concert. So oh, yes. You better, if you haven't seen him yet, you got you to gotta see him, you know? My wife has. Uh, I let her go with the friends on that one. I decided okay. I didn't need to take the extra ticket, and I have regretted it ever since. <laughs> There's a lot of regrets I have in life, Coach. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, thanks so much for taking the time. Took a lot of your time. Thank you. I love chatting with you. I can't wait, hopefully, to see you on February 15th at the Gopher Dome. Um, you got it. You always love seeing you and always love chatting with you. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Dave. Uh, before we let thanks, you go, though, so we always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Again, thank you uh, for all you do for Division Three and, and, um, I'll just leave, you know, some maybe uh, young young coaches or young people out there. Um, stay with it. You know, it's, it's worth it. It's not all about winning. Um, it's about helping young people. There, well said. Well said indeed. Take care of yourself. Happy holidays. Right. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Absolutely. You Bye-bye. Mary Beth Spurk joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Love chatting with her. 
absolutely do. I'm half serious about changing the Moravian College um, rules. Um, come on. <laughs> do we have to wait to see her out uh, retire before she's officially inducted into the darn Hall of Fame? Um, and I realize there's rules in place for a reason, but that one feels like it should be a slam dunk and not the day she retires. Uh, anyway, six and three on the season. Oh, and one in conference play. She just mentioned Immaculata. They just got their win over Immaculata. They have gone two and two in their last four losing to the sales by five. That tells you they're going to be competitive. Be, uh, beating Marie, uh, Muhlenberg by four, losing to Elizabethtown, then beating Immaculata. They'll take on Albright here on Tuesday. That should be a good game. Then they're off. They'll take on Newman in non-conference play at a tournament. Uh, I don't know who they'll play on the fifth, but the fourth uh, they'll play Newman. Then they get into conference play and they start with Catholic and Scranton on the 11th and 15th. And not start. They've obviously played a conference game against Z-Town, but that is how they restart conference play. Catholic and Scranton on the 11th and 15th. That's going to be a dandy of some games. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Ryan Scott joins us. We talk top 25. I also have an update on our, uh, some people asked about the top 25 schedule and the uh, show schedule. We will update you on the flow of that. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios back with more Hoopsville when we come back. discovered to myself is that if I have a goal and I can accomplish it. It's a well-rounded experience. At a Division three school you primarily a student athlete so the school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. Cheer for the stumbles. The heat should have had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. It's on us. It's on all of us and it's time to act now. It's on us 
to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. We're uh, last segment of the show here. Going to finish things up. Ryan Scott will join me here in a moment. Got a couple things. I kept saying I was going to do this. Here's the, the the coaches we're watching for records. This is the one that Gordon put together. I'm not going to tell you how many away because this was written um, well before um, the season started. But uh, Durbin at St. Benedict's is closing in on 700 wins. Darn right we will get him, uh, Durbin on the show, him. Durbin on the show when that happens. Uh, we already mentioned Spurk. She's now over 600. Uh, Nemeth at Simpson is closing in on 600. We'll may end up talking with him. Uh, Morehouse at Hope uh, probably could get to six, 600. At the beginning of the season, needed 16 to do that. Uh, Herrer at uh, Baldwin-Wallace, who we already had on the show, is 17 away at the start of the season to get into 600. Uh, and Monahan at William Patterson was 13 away from 500. So that's just on the women's side. On the men's side, take a deep breath. Giovanni's already hit 500. Nyland's already hit 500. Pat Cunningham at Trinity, Texas is closing in on 500. Meter at Maine Farmington is closing in on 500. Caruso at Husson could get to 500 this year, and I probably would expect he will. Katsia uh, Fikas at Pomona Pitzer will probably be at 500. Butterfield will probably hit 500. Gilbride at Bowden, there's a decent chance we'll get to 500. Uh, Kalen, uh, Colin at Carrollton probably next year will be at 500. I don't think he's going to pull it off. Um, Koval at DeSales, he's going to have to have a monster year at DeSales to get the 500, but it's always possible. Needed 23 at the start of the year. Uh, and Fadi at Colby Sawyer, uh, needed 23 as well. So that might be a year off as well. So a lot of, a lot of coaches closing on some really impressive win loss records. Um, uh, we got a question from Drew he says, um, update on the 25 release schedule on the holidays. So again, next tomorrow, we will get the top 25 anew. Then we take a break. I think we take a break until January 6th. However, that's three weeks. I'm not sure. I tried to lobby for one kind of in the middle of our D3hoops.com classic because then it would be two weeks and it'd be a lot of games, but I have a feeling we'll wait till the 6th. Um, and then as far as Hoopsville, Thursday show before the holidays, we'll take a break. We may come back January 2nd, but we may also come back January 5th. It's going to really depend on how I recover from the trip to Vegas. A, I'm not as young as I used to be. And B, if you knew about my back surgery, the bluntness of it all is it may not have worked. Um, I'm having a good day today. I'll say that much. But 
it may not have worked. So we, we, I may need a little bit more time before <laughs> we get back on the air. All right. So we've wasted enough time. Uh, let's talk top 25. Of course, usually we've had Ryan and, and Scott or Ryan and, and, uh, um, try this again Ryan's got and this is what happens when he has two first names for two first names for his whole name Ryan Scott has joined us Bob Quillman has joined us Ryan has missed a couple or one Bob has filled in well tonight we're just going with Ryan giving Bob a break Bob may join us on Thursday for fun now Ryan joins us and it is your fault for having two first names in your name sir uh but really three first names in your name Ryan Allen Scott but uh sir good to see you welcome in hope you're well Oh. Hold on. I apparently don't have audio coming from you, which is the craziest thing. Um, hold on. If you don't mind, give me a moment here. That makes no sense. We'll try it again. Go ahead and talk. No. That's weird. We don't have audio from Ryan Scott. I'm going to try and fix it real quick here, folks. Bear with me. That should never happen. We have not changed any settings. This is what happens in the real world of lovely uh, TV for me, folks, where everything's working fine. I can hear Ryan. You can't, and there's no darn reason you shouldn't be hearing from the lovely man. Everything's working on my end. Um, try uh, Here, let's try one more time. Oh, this is just brutal. Um, well, folks, I hate doing this. Going to take a quick break. Come back. Figure out why that isn't working. It's, it's working on every avenue except what's going on in front of the Skype. We'll be right back after this. being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. For the love of the game, that's what it's all about, they say. But for those of us who are Division III student athletes, it's more than that. It's more about team and the schools and communities we represent. And for the many of us blessed with the strength to compete in sport at the college level, we understand that with what we were given comes a special obligation. An obligation to help those who have their own special needs and whose love for the game is no less intense. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. Since August of 2011, we and others from Division III campus communities have volunteered more than a quarter million hours, time away from the classroom and practice field, reaching across the country to coach and mentor Special Olympics athletes. And to learn that in giving, we receive so much more in return. Help us keep that dream alive. Be part of it. Get involved. You can make a difference. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can to get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. 
to step up and say something. It's on us, all of us, to, to stop, stop sexual, sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. I used to never really talk, ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. It's on us. It's on all of us, and it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no-look pass and cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success and prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. I used to never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. 
that helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Division three allows you to give yourself to other things. Having that free time allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue. Division three athletics affords students the opportunity to you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport. It allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. How it wouldn't change it for the world. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go into personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm Carol LaHaye, basketball coach at Randolph-Macon College and a member of the Women's Basketball Coaches Association. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, back to Dave. Hey, folks. Welcome back to Hoopsville. I, for some reason, and the craziest thing, you know, we <laughs> there's people who know me well who are laughing right now at why this isn't working. Um, everything we do <laughs> is working properly. That's the wackiest thing of this whole thing. Nothing has changed in our studio <laughs> between shows. But somehow, some way, something has absolutely screwed up everything, and we can't hear um, uh, Ryan. But here's what we're going to do. This is not advisable. Uh, if you're learning, trying to learn from my show, we're going to try something a little bit wacky. Um, I'm going to uh, actually bring in Ryan, but we're going to listen to him via my microphone. I'm just going to turn up my speakers loud enough that hopefully you can hear him with, uh, with no problems, and I'll be able to monitor it, and we'll be able to see it. And Hopefully it all works. So we're going to try and do this. We're going to go a little long, unfortunately, which my wife's going to be thrilled about. Um, Ryan Scott joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. And, sir, I, I do appreciate you bearing through all this. Again, no clue why uh, this uh, system would like to uh, foul me up, as it were. But, hey, how are you, sir? Doing well. Going old school tonight. What are you doing? This, there's some truth to that. We are. We really are. I'm literally turning up the speakers so my microphone can pick you up. Um, you had some fun this week. You had a little bit of, uh, you got to see a pretty darn good game earlier this week. I did. Got to go out to Swarthmore and Johns Hopkins and, and it was a really great contest. Uh, Swarthmore was, you know, they, 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 they did real well through it, but uh, floppy at the end and John Hopkins almost came back. So it was a little bit closer than... Maybe the, the, the score might have shown, but uh, really two great teams. Uh, that's the truth. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Hopkins. We may get to them a little bit later. Uh, this is a fun time of year. We get to see some fun games. We also start focusing on conference games, and it change, shakes up the top 25 a little bit. I know you were trying to do a little bit of your vote before this. I just saw Pat has sent out the information. I'll do my vote after this. But uh, any what is, what's your thinking going into the week? Um. You know, I, I don't think a ton has changed. You know, we've seen a few more teams um, 
and they've played a few more games. And so I think we're starting to, to get our patterns together. But really, there haven't been as many conference contests as you would think, or at least the ones that, that really show what a team can do just yet. No, I, I kind of agree with you. I think we're kind of still in no man's land to some degree. Let's do our, we did not do dubious or debatable or um, deep dive on Monday because the top 25 had just come out and it would have ruined tonight's segment. So we're kind of free to flow with this. Once again, I'm flying, I'm kind of shooting from my hip a little bit, but where, which one of those three do you want to start with? Um, let, let, let's do the dark, the deep dive. All right, let's go deep dive. Go for it, sir. So the one I want to bring up, not a team I'm quite ready to vote for yet, but really sort of impressed with the resume they put together is Hobart. Um, Ooh, good one. Maybe that's a team that you want to look at to, to, to get the coach on there. I think he's pretty new, right? This is first year at Hobart, right? Oh, you might be right. I, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I was focused more on their women's soccer program at William Smith, but you might be right. No, good call. So they are 7-1 right now. Um, the loss was a one-point loss at Brockport real early in the season. Um, not, not a ton of huge, huge wins, but they've beaten a number of solid teams. They've beaten Rochester and St. John Fisher. They just beat Union the other day, who was uh, undefeated. Um, not quite ready to vote for them yet, um, but, but I really think that, that they, they've got a solid team together there. Uh, the wife pointing out that she can hear you up in the living room. That's how, how much I have jury-rigged this system. Um, I, I apologize in advance to her and to everybody else. Uh, I agree with you. I think uh, Hobart's a great choice. I've noticed they've gotten a couple key wins. Uh, certainly have been on my radar. Am I allowed to take one out of the top 25 who's in there already? You're not supposed to. You're not even supposed to take one that's getting both, but whatever. It's your show. Oh, yeah, but <laughs> again, I was shooting by my hip. I had a couple of choices. I've mentioned uh, Mount Union already this season. I kind of like what they're doing. I think if, if I really go for one who's barely receiving votes, you know who I might go with? I might go with Albertus Magnus. They may be back in the conversation to some degree. Uh, nine and one on the season. Their one loss coming to Lynchburg at the start. That happens. Um, you, you might not look at their schedule and go, oh, geez, Dave, they haven't played money. Well, they beat Williams 76-63. They beat George Fox 97-82. Um, there's just something about, oh, they beat WPI 71-60. Maybe Mitch Oliver's got this team kind of clicking along again. Beat Keene State 83-81 in a good game. Yes, they've got some games in there that... You're not going to write home about. Unfortunately, I got to wait till January 4th to really get a sense of who they are. Maybe they play York on the 4th and Coast Guard on the 5th at the York College Spartan Classic. Then they play Middlebury on the 14th before getting back into conference play. Uh, and I don't know. I think maybe Albertus Magnus is reemerging for us. By the way, the team I was thinking about in the top 25 was Colby. Um, but no, I, I don't know. Maybe Albertus Magnus is back in it. Yeah, they're one of the, the eight or ten teams that I'm not voting for, but that have on the list there towards the bottom. Uh, they've been pretty impressive so far, um, and, and especially the, the schedule they played is a little bit better than they normally play, and uh, they, they seem to be they hitting really well. Yeah, by the way, uh, Muhlenberg had been a team that we had talked about on a deep dive, and I know we had hemmed and hawed. They are on a two-game losing streak, uh, just the record. I, that jumped out at me. Uh, I think once we got into conference play, Muhlenberg – Got a little bit exposed. By the way, I do know there's some questions about women's basketball top 25. We'll get to those when we're done with Ryan. Um, all right, so that was your deep dive. Where do you want to go next? Um, why don't we go to the dubious? Ooh. You got one for us? I, I can come up with one, yes, go, but you go ahead first. Well, I was looking today, doing the ballot, and I think lacrosse is the one. I'm not quite ready to vote for them, but they're already sitting, what, at 15 in the national yeah. pool. Um, they're undefeated, obviously. That's a big help when you're getting votes. But um, just 
just not the kind of schedule that I feel like has, has proven anything, especially in a conference like uh, the, up in Wisconsin there, where they, they could be undefeated going into conference play and finish sixth or seventh, you know? Um, it seems like Blackburn and Marion and, and Warburg's down this year. They just beat Ripon by, by one point at home the other day. Um, just not sure I'm quite ready to vote for that team. I may be a little premature uh, with, with all those Wisconsin teams and the good starts they're off to. I kind of like where you're thinking with that one. I have two on my mind. One, I feel, have we talked nickels before? We've talked nickels, right? Well, I don't know if we have in one of this this segment yet. I know we've talked kind of off the show quite a bit about nickels, but well, uh, that's certainly one to, you should go for. I'll say that my two are, are my two I was debating between were Wittenberg and Nichols. Wittenberg, because they're so high in the ranking, and trust me, I'm one of those voting for them pretty high. I'm, I'm half at fault, idiot this. Uh, I have them fifth. Uh, and they are fifth or sixth, and I'm I'm nervous about it. But really, mine is Nichols. Seven and two on the season, lost two of their last three to LaSalle and Gordon. Or, or Hamilton absolutely rolled them. Gordon nearly beat them. They lost to them 76 73. Um, I don't think they're the team everyone thinks they are. I got a win over Eastern Connecticut to start. I get that. Really high scoring, head scratching, a fair game against New England College in their second one out. Even Anna Maria gave them a game. Uh, Trinity, Connecticut, I probably should have beaten them, to be blunt. Uh, they've got Emerson, though, not until the second, and then Tufts on the fourth. So that's our, our next true test with an Endicott on the seventh. But I just don't know. I'm not seeing it. I'm not understanding why why Nichols is getting so much love, because I haven't been voting for him. Yeah, well, I was one of those. I think I had him in the top five in the preseason. And one of the big reasons was, was Jerome Cunningham as their center. Um, he's been playing, I think he's been starting all four, this would be his fourth year starting, but he got hurt early on and it looks like, uh, it, he's going to be out the whole season and they really didn't have, um, a, a lot of margin for error. They didn't have a, a huge bench, especially when it comes to big guys. Um, they had a great starting five that, that has done them really well the last couple of years, but without Cunningham, especially you saw against Hamilton, a team that's got a lot of size. They're just not going to be able to stack up, and uh, I, I think it changes everything they do on offense and defense, and and uh, they can still be good, but I, they're going to have to figure out how to play without him, and, and I'm not voting for him anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't been voting at all, and I've been scratching my head with them in the first place, but we'll see where it goes this next vote. Um, Ta, so now we got debatable, and I know yeah. you are kind of having some fun with this one. Where would you like us to debate, sir? So I, uh, I, I think because I, you and I – have differing opinions, I believe, on this Johns Hopkins team. I think that would be a good place to start. Sure. We've talked about Hopkins a little bit this year, and I think we'll after this we'll probably have a break because, well, we have a break, but really uh, we finally got to the game we've been waiting for, which was the Swarthmore game. I've seen them twice. Yeah. Admittedly, and I know some uh, of those who are listening are associated with where I've seen them play. No, Leffler's not listening, but those who 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 where I've seen games play are listening. Um, admittedly, not against great teams. Um, but I, I and, and admittedly, they didn't pay me to go to Swarthmore for, for their sophomore stud to play well. But I like what they have. They remind me of Swarthmore. I'm not going to tell you they're a top 15 team in any way, shape, or form. I, I think they're fine in the 15 to 20 range. You're at 11. I'm a got them at 17. But I, I think they've got the same similar pieces as Swarthmore. You've got the nice inside presence. Those guys can step out and shoot a three and hit a three and be dangerous. They've got good guard play. They're stout on defense. Are they better than Swarthmore? No. I'm not voting them better than Swarthmore. But I think, and I said this at the beginning of the show, by the time we get back to 
the game, the rematch at, at Goldfarb at Johns Hopkins, I think that game is in a, plays out differently. I don't know if Hopkins can beat them yet, but I think as they season themselves and Delaney maybe settles down into what his real role is going to be, I've seen him pressing a little too much. I think Hopkins is a really dangerous team if they can keep this rolling towards, towards, towards March. Yeah, I mean, my overwhelming impression of them is they're going to be way better next year than they are this year. Um, and not that they aren't good. I think I've got them slotted about the same spot you do. I think somewhere between 15 and 20 is perfect for this team. But they're still very young and very inexperienced. They're playing a lot of freshmen and sophomores. And you can just see that, that the difference between the, the sophomore team that has had the experience in some big games versus this team. You know, the ability is not a whole lot different, but some of the execution and confidence uh, it's real different. Connor Delaney is maybe the best player in that conference at this point. He is just an incredible guard, super fast. Um, he did hurt his ankle pretty severely just starting the second half on Tuesday. Um, and they haven't played since. He got it taped up and he went through the end, but I mean, he was limping pretty bad by the end. So I sure hope that that, that gets worked out, yeah. especially before the rest of the conference season comes through. No, I think you got some a uh, good point there. I think um, I, I think he's pressing too much. I'd like to see him settle down a little bit. Um, but I think you've got a point that I, is he the best car in the conference? That's good. That's a good question. I don't know. I, I might want to see a little bit more, but you know, coming back, uh, unfortunately lost his year last year. He's not going to be able to redshirt that one. Um, maybe has him a little bit motivated, but I'll, I'm interested to see how he plays out. Um, Hey, but we do have another debatable from a fan. If you don't mind okay. having a little fun. Uh, before yeah. we let you go, wants to know, uh, with a few road games left for both 2019 and heading into 2020 portion of the year, three loss Augustana versus three loss Oshkosh, and we know Oshkosh beat Augustana to start. Who do we like better? Who do we think has a better chance to win their conference, and who has a better chance to make a deep NCAA postseason run? Um. I mean, obviously, they're both going to have trouble making a deep postseason run because they got to play <laughs> right in that central area, and they're probably going to get moved too far. Um, I, I mean, I've watched, I tried to watch a number of games for both of those teams. I feel like they both may have played their best game against each other. Fair. Um, and, and Oshkosh got the win there. Uh, I don't know. Michael Martin looked awfully great today. Um, if he can kind of keep up the discipline and not getting into foul trouble like he was against Illinois Wesleyan today, that could be a difference maker because he's one of the few players in the country who could who could match up with Jack Flynn and uh, and maybe shut him down a little bit but I, at this point I'm still a little a little more in favor of Oshkosh but I think they're pretty even nothing against Gray Giovanni who was on the show earlier I'm more in favor of Oshkosh than I am of us of Augustana because I think as good as the WIAC is I think Oshkosh has a better chance of getting to the top of the conference than Augustana is going to have getting to the top of the CCIW this season uh, I think the CCIW is just going to be a bigger battle, but I think the top teams in, in North Central and we've seen in Elmers and some others are going to make it harder for Augustana to rise to the top. I think Oshkosh can get their feet under them a little bit better and make a run. Granted, we're seeing the WIAC maybe being better than I'm giving it credit for right now in terms of how deep it may be um, or how good a lacrosse is or how good some of these other teams are going to be. You're, you're right about the NCAA postseason run. I think it depends on the bracket. I mean, the advantage right now is that the uh, the Elite Eight Final Four uh, games are going to be in Fort Wayne. That's going to allow the committee to kind of uh, get teams away from each other maybe later in the rounds, have a little more fun with the bracketing. But it's that Sweet 16 game that they're going to have to be within 500 miles. That might be a challenge. Well, relatively speaking, they may not have a choice on that. 
um, because it's a single round game on the second weekend. So that might cause some bracketing issues. But I'll, here, here, here's what I'm going to say. I don't know if we see Augustan in the NCAA tournament this year. I think Oshkosh can get there. And that's only based on, I just don't know if Augustan is going to get out of the CCIW with, with, with enough wins or, or with not too many losses to get in that large bid. Otherwise, I don't know if they can win the conference this season. Well, they still have to play at Stevens Point and at Lacrosse before the conference really gets underway. I mean, I know they've played two games already, but before they get into the heart right. of it, they, they've got two more difficult road games to play, um, which is, is you know, if, if they're coming in to January with, you know, four or five losses already, that, that could be a real tough one. Absolutely. I agree with you. Well, I suppose Oshkosh has to go down to Emory still, but. <laughs> True. Uh, True. I mean, Emory's, you know, we're, we're saying now one of the top two teams in the country for sure. They've locked into that. So good point. But yeah, I don't know. It's fascinating to see. I, I, I'd love to revisit this question come late January, maybe in a month's time. Yeah. I think. Hey, sir, I appreciate the time. Sorry for, uh, for the tech screw ups. We'll figure out why it wasn't working. Maybe we'll see you on Thursday. If not, have a happy holidays. Any final thoughts before you, we let you go with fans uh, heading into the holidays? Uh, no, you won't see me Thursday because I already have tickets for Star Wars. So, oh, oh, uh, I'm I'm sorry. Are we taking you away from a very important date? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, fine. Go ahead. You do do. I don't want to get it spoiled. No, I don't blame uh, you. I don't blame. You. No, just I've been overwhelmed by just the quality of non-conference games that we've had so far this year. Um, maybe we're going to swing. You know, for a while it was teams were afraid to play difficult non-conference games because they were worried about their. Uh, you know, the selections at the end of the year, and then they realize that they could get benefits from those games. And, and I wonder at some point if it's going to swing too far. Some of these big-name programs lose too many yeah. for conference season, but it's been great to watch because it seems like just literally every night there's a really great game on, um, and uh, and it, it's been exciting. I feel like I've watched way more games at this point in the year than I would have in any other season. So, no, good uh, point. Really excited about that. No, good point. Very good point. Uh, I agree with you on the um, on the whether the pendulum swings because the other thing too is the committee might go. Whoa, we've been we've been maybe our our tactic here is wrong. We need to do something different. So I agree with you across the board. Hey, uh, very fun. Have a great holiday. Thanks for the time. As always, we'll see you in January. All right. See you later. All right. Take care, Ryan Scott. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Skype hotline. As I try and get out of the camera shot, there we go and done. You're all probably wondering why I'm moving my lips and the audio is not working because I overthought the audio problems that we were having. Uh, Ryan Doubleheader is what I was saying. He was brought to us by the Skype hotline on the Skype system, but his audio is brought to us by the studio system because we're having tech. I don't know why that didn't work. I kid you not. There's no reason that shouldn't have worked. None. There's no changes to the system. When, When it works for a show, I don't mess with it. Now I've got to mess with it before Thursday's show. We'll have Bob Quillman on the show, maybe throughout, minus the interviews, um, because we'll try something different. Lay our, ha- lay our hair back a little bit and have a little fun on Thursday's show. So tune in 7 o'clock Eastern time. So a reminder, Thursdays will be our final show before the Christmas holiday. Then we will be off until at least January 2nd, possibly January 5th, depending on how I feel coming back from the break. Um, out your women's basketball team replying about coach 
Um, Mary Beth Spurk saying she's a trailblazer. Yes, she is. You are correct there, um, to say the least. Um, I want to thank all of our guests on the show tonight. And great to talk milestones, talk to coaches who are doing so well with their programs. And, of course, we're talking about uh, Gray Giovanni at Augustana, Dave Nyland at Penn State Barron. Incredible to think that he's been at Penn State Barron for all 26 years and won 501 games. It sometimes shows you that there are good programs when we're not talking CCIW, WIAC, and UAA, ODAC, NESCAC. There are good programs out there, consistent programs, that maybe we should also be talking to a little bit more often. When people ask me, especially in January, why we may not have another coach on a second time or are we going to talk to so-and-so, we try our very best to rotate through the regions, both gender and conferences, so we aren't repeating the same topics all the time and diving deeper in and having as many non-repeat guests until the end of February as we possibly can. And it's reasons like getting a Dave Nyland or others on who may not be on your radar, but maybe should be on your radar. And so um, great talking to him. Great talking to Mary Beth Spark. I love seeing her whenever I get a chance to. Uh, I missed one year. I think I had to be somewhere else instead of announcing a Goucher game when Moravian was coming into town. And, and I got an email from her like, you all right? Everything okay? Where were you? I've had that happen on a couple of occasions. And it was nice to hear from her. Wonderful woman. Tremendous coach. And again, I'm telling you, they got to change the Hall of Fame rules at uh, at uh, Moravian because she deserves to be in their darn Hall of Fame after 33 years of what she has done there. Um, I know I don't have that poll, but one can try, right? Um, excuse me, something stuck in my, my mouth there. So there you go. There's our show. Oh, Don Stoner had, I, I forgot, women's basketball. Don, thank you for the reminder. How far does Augsburg women go up in the poll after beating St. Thomas um, at St. Thomas? Todd Reverso. Uh, is now at 409 wins. Thanks, Don, for that note. I think Augsburg's going to move up. Um, talking quickly about the women's top 25, I think Augsburg makes a move. Um, we were talking earlier about the losses. They're sitting, where were they? Uh, do I have the right one up here? Sorry, I'm making sure I've got their, yeah, I do have it. They're sitting at 21, that's right. Um, some teams ahead of them, Chicago defeated Carthage. Yeah, I, They might get ahead of them. Um, Marymount was idle. Baldwin Wallace, Platteville losing probably allows them to move up. Trinity losing is probably going to allow them to move up. St. Thomas will probably fall. I wouldn't be surprised if Augsburg moves. Well, they'll move into the 15 to 20 range for sure. They may jump into the top 15, Don. I think there's a chance. The problem is there's so many good teams ahead of them that didn't really play and didn't lose. There were three losses ahead of them, um, one of them being St. Thomas. I think St. Thomas losing back-to-back games in the conference will have them Ball, and that may allow Augsburg to kind of skyrocket up. Um, but there weren't a lot of games, so that sometimes doesn't allow a lot of movement. Um, but I think there's a chance, Don. I, I, that's a great question. I think there's a legitimate chance that can happen um, for Augsburg. They may jump up pretty nicely there. Um, so there you go, folks. That's our show for the night. I want to thank as our guests as well, but I also want to thank the SIDs. Dave Rath at, um, at uh, sorry, I'm, I'm double-checking to get a message there. Uh, Dave Rath, of course, at Augsburg. I want to thank him for his help. Jill Yama at, uh, at uh, Penn State Barron. And, of course, um, Emma Moravian. It's, it's our good friend, a man who sometimes doesn't even need a, um, a, uh, an introduction. But Mark at uh, Moravian. I really appreciate Mark's effort, especially considering the requests were a little bit late. Again, we're going to be on the air Thursday at 7 o'clock Eastern Time, a little bit more of a laid-back show. Bob will be on us with us. You can ask maybe some more questions from Bob and my point of view. 
still working out some of the ideas. This may not work perfectly. Obviously, if I can't get Skype working, it's not working at all. Um, and we'll also have a few coaches on. We'll kind of be a little bit more laid back and relaxed, talk about what we've seen in the first uh, month and a half of the season, what we may see over the holiday break. We'll give you a little bit of a taste of the D3Hoops.com Classic as well. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. I want to thank our partners at Blue Frame Technology. If you have any interest in either finding a new um, streaming platform or maybe using their production truck software, which we use for our productions and we will be using more extensively for this production, make sure you tune. Uh, go to blueframetech.com. That's blueframetech.com. And send them our, uh, make sure you send it our way as possible. Um, also, uh, let's see here. Um, oh, I want to thank our partners of the WBCA and NABC. That is always a good thing. They're tremendous, and we appreciate their support, as always, every year in, uh, year in and year out. You may have noticed that our men's segments are all labeled NABC Coaches Corner. We'll talk more about that in January, but a shift there, and we'll bring back our 10 questions every week for some, one of our lucky guests. Also, um, we also want to thank uh, D3Hoops.com, of course, for their support as well. That's it. We'll see you on Thursday, 7 o'clock Eastern. You've been listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. If you have a question, maybe you have a guest idea or someone you think we should talk to, email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. If that doesn't work, try us at dave.mcqueue at D3Sports.com. You can also tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You've been listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios in partnership with Blue Frame Technology. Have a great night, everybody, and we'll see you back here Thursday.